Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread on this Thanksgiving Day weekend filled with NFL and college football, with football right around the corner as we head into the stretch drive of college football and the NFL playoff chase as well. And Victor, first of all, happy Thanksgiving to you, Sandy, and your family. And welcome back once again to this edition, this holiday edition here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very much. You know, it's it's kind of hard to believe that it's been two full years now, but uh, we, of course, we record the podcast on Wednesday mornings, but uh, exactly two years ago on Turkey Day morning of 2014, I woke up very, very early in the morning around 5.30 or 6 a.m. I had a burning in my chest. I couldn't move. The wife uh, called the ambulance. Uh, it turns out it was a heart attack, uh, triple bypass, open heart surgery the next day, a good 10 days in the hospital. And it took a good four months of recuperation until I was finally able to start exercising and losing uh, weight again. And here we're two years later, and uh, I still can't run or jog for long periods of time. But I do walk, at the very, very least, five miles a day. Have quit smoking the cigarettes. I've lost about thirty pounds, and it's it's still an ongoing process. But uh, one thing I'll take from it is that I will be even more thankful on this special day from now on uh, for the rest of my life. You know, thankful for, of course, a beautiful wife that loves me, for great supportive friends and relatives, for playbook coworkers and colleagues that treat me like a family. Uh, for Total's tip sheet customers who, who during that time passed along their love and their best wishes, and, of course, for continued good health. And, and one more thing, Mark, it puts a much-needed perspective on what we do here. You know, after a tough loss, betting on a game or a losing streak, I still can't help but, you know, count my lucky stars, wagering on sports. It's entertainment, and uh, if the bankroll is diminished somewhat after a bad weekend, that's okay. You know, it, it won't uh, destroy us, and you, you really can't compare it to real life, you know. No question about that, Victor. This is a time for giving thanks, and as you mentioned, uh, you, you put it into perspective. Uh, I had a rotten football weekend, the worst I might have had in the last 20 years last weekend. It was our 10-star college game of the year weekend, and it started off with our 10-star play going down when Washington State failed against Colorado and it ultimately ended up being a horrific weekend for our service. And, you know, you begin uh, putting thoughts in order and you're saying, you know, what does this mean? Uh, you know, what did I do wrong? And, you know, what will happen next? But the bottom line is you put it into perspective and you put family and friends into place first and foremost, and then you go back and do uh, what you do for a living and uh, do the best that you can do. But uh, no doubt about it. This to me is one of my favorite holidays, Thanksgiving of mm-hmm. Christmas is Christmas is fun. It's, you know, fun sharing gifts and family and all that. But Thanksgiving is about family and friends and it's really, really right. a good time. And it's also allows us a chance to overeat a little bit if we can, <laughs> which uh, 
<laughs> is never hard for us to do at this particular stage and age of our life. Although you're doing a great job right now, like you say, walking and staying in shape and everything. And uh, I know whenever we have our office parties, you're always passing on the cookies and the candies and the good things. So kudos to you stay on the track. Uh, two years has passed by. It's been a big, fast time since it's passed, but uh, nice to see you're in good health once again. And uh, we're also thankful for the football games that are on tap this particular oh, yeah. weekend. Oh, a lot of big football games. Thanksgiving Thursday means NFL football. It also means college football. And it also means uh, a prelude to what will be an exciting weekend. Usually the final full week of college football is Thanksgiving weekend. It's just that because we just did our playbook football newsletter, and it was a bear to put together. I mean, 61 college football games on tap this week, a full slate of NFL football games. So it was wire-to-wire just chock full with information this week's football newsletter. We worked a lot of extra hours burning the midnight oil to put that together. But, you know, we do that. It's a labor of love. We love doing just that. And we do it because it's a culmination of the football season as it comes together Thanksgiving week. And with a culmination now are the college football playoffs, which gives us a little bit more thanks for things that we love doing when it comes to handicapping the world of college football. And the polls, once again, Victor, out and no changes in the top four spots this week. I think uh, right. I don't think too many people were surprised that there weren't any changes, maybe perhaps surprised at the fact that Ohio State and Michigan really struggled. They each had one-point victories last week, but they didn't move in the polls, which more or less confirms the fact that it's not by how many points you win football games. It's just the fact that you win football games at this stage of the football season. And uh, before I hand it over to you for your thoughts on the polls here, this is my recap of what I saw in the college football polls this week. We found uh, leading the pack, surprisingly, with six teams in the uh, in the college football playoff poll rankings is the Pac-12. Usually they're on the lower end of the polls, but they have six teams in the polls this year, the Pac-12, followed by the Big Ten and the SEC with five represented with five teams each, the ACC with three, the Big 12 with only two. That also goes hand-in-hand with the AAC with two and the Mountain West and the Mid-American Conference rounding up the top 25. Victor, your take on what you saw in the college football poll rankings this week. Well, you mentioned the SEC with five teams. They had seven last week. Two of their teams dropped out of the rankings. LSU and Texas A&M dropped out and were replaced by those two AAC teams that you just mentioned, Houston and Navy. So SEC down to five teams in the rankings, seeing four of the top seven teams being Big Ten teams, a little bit of a surprise. Both Wisconsin and Penn State uh, improved one spot to six and seven, respectively. The teams that dropped the most but stayed in the rankings, of course, Louisville, dropped six spots to number 11 after their loss last week. And also Utah dropped a full 10 spots from number 12 to number 22 after losing, shockingly, to Oregon last week. And making the biggest rise was probably the team that we talked about for our game of the week last week in college football, and that would be the Florida Gators. They rose a full eight spots from number 23 to number 15 off that huge upset win against LSU. A very exciting game. If you like goal line stands, that is for sure, because there were multiple times. I think there were, I counted five times that LSU had a first and goal inside the five-yard line. They came away only with a total of 10 points in those five drives. Kudos to Florida. You were right last week, and you said take the points. Uh, We lean toward the under. 
We also recommended a under and underdog teaser. That hit as well. So congratulations to Florida. Big game this week against Florida State. But they'll be playing for the SEC championship against Alabama. Yeah, quite a nice uh, recap of uh, what's happening in college football going on with the college football polls this week. Our college football game of the week that Victor and I are going to tear about this week is the game of the week, arguably the game of the year in college football when Michigan takes in Ohio State in that Big Ten rivalry matchup on Saturday. We'll tear that game down to find out exactly where these two football teams head. Our NFL game of the week, also a beauty on tap, the Denver Broncos taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. So we've got a lot on tap on the show this weekend. Uh, Over on the NFL side of things, Victor, talking about the Broncos and the Chiefs, I think, being the feature game on tap in the NFL this week. We've got some division races that are really kind of interesting. We hit on this last week. We talked a little bit about perhaps the two divisions that are the power divisions in the NFL thus far this season. And you brought out the fact that the AFC West has really, really become a dynamo this football season here. You've got Oakland, Kansas City, and Denver at 7-3 and or better, three teams inside that division. On the other side of the coin, what was last year's bottom-of-the-barrel dreg division, the NFC East, has become the best. Uh, largely because of the Dallas Cowboys and their 9-1 and one start. you got Washington and the New York Giants, each with three losses. The Eagles with 5-5, five and five. no team with a losing record inside the NFC East. And uh, I think this is going to make for a quite an exciting rush to the playoffs here. I love doing, Victor, this time of the year. If the playoffs started this week, which teams would be in and which teams would be out kind of gives you a perspective of what to expect from teams. And I would say this before I hand it off to you, Victor, that the one surprising team to me that's been perhaps the most disappointing uh, might be the Arizona Cardinals, a team that a lot of people picked to win the AF or the uh, NFC West, and they're a sub-500 football team right now as we're playing here right now. So it looks to me like the Arizona Cardinals have the weapons. They just don't have uh, the results in the football playing field. So they'll be the team that I'll tag as the team to watch going down the stretch in the NFL this season. What about you, Victor? What teams would you put to keep an eye on going down the stretch run of this 2016 season? I think it's surprising. You just mentioned Arizona. It's surprising seeing their four, five, and one record. If you just purely look at them from a statistical basis, uh, they've scored 36 more points than allowed this season. That's more indicative of a, maybe a six and four team. They still have what the one of the top two defenses in the NFL. So kind of a surprising, a tough loss for them last week against the Minnesota Vikings. And again, that was uh, primarily the fact that they allowed two 100-yard scoring plays in that game. You know, the Vikings had a 100-yard interception return for a touchdown and a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown as well. A Definitely a tough loss for Arizona. Uh, you want to talk about tight races, I would throw out the NFC South to you. The Atlanta leads at 6-4. and four. Uh, Carolina is tied for last at 4-6. and six. But there you have it. All four teams in that division are bunched up together, and only two games separate all four teams. Uh, the number two team is Tampa Bay at 5-5 five and five off a two-game winning streak. Tampa Bay with one of the bigger upsets of the season last week, beating Kansas City on the road. And you also got to like the tight race. Well, we talked about the AFC North. Two teams tied for first with 500 records, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Who wants it more? We'll see in the final five or six games of the season. And also a tight race in the AFC South. Houston at 6-4. and four. Of course, they are your leaders. 
with the Colts right behind at five and five, and even Tennessee right behind a game and a half back at five and six. They'll have their bye next week, but a tight race in the AFC South as well. A lot of good football to be played in the NFL going down the stretch run of the season here. A lot of good football on tap this week in college football as well. A lot of big rivalry football games, if you will. Rivalry week used to be a big week in college football. Not so much that way anymore. Not that the rivalries themselves aren't as important, but the fact that television has taken over and they've spread these games out and uh, not so much compacted or compressed into one weekend spread out if you will we mentioned the ohio state michigan big rivalry football matchup this saturday you've got the iron bowl alabama and auburn playing this weekend uh you've got the egg bowl the mississippi's playing this weekend so really really a great time to be uh not only a fan of college football but also handicapping the games as well and we're looking forward to a big weekend this weekend both on the college and pro football side of things I'm visiting with Victor King from King Creole Sports. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down that big Ohio State-Michigan showdown game in the Big Ten Conference. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including The Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Think you know sports? Let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game. Now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app, FireFan. Get in the game now with a free download at FireFan.com. Use the promo code FREEFIREFAN. It's fun, it's social, it's competitive, it's interactive, it's free, and it's going to change the way you approach game day at FireFan.com. Play by yourself, form a league, do live chats, and get in the game today at FireFan.com. Get a free download now by entering the code FREEFIREFAN. That code again is FREEFIREFAN. And join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code FREEFIREFAN now at FIREFAN.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King on Thanksgiving week as we go over the college and pro football cards here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. It's time for our college football game of the week. A dandy on tap, a huge rivalry matchup at the Horseshoe in Columbus, Ohio, where the Buckeyes play host to Michigan. Victor, your take on the big Ohio State-Michigan showdown game this Saturday. Okay, 12 noon kickoff, Eastern time. Ohio State opened 7, 7.5. They've dropped a little bit the last time I looked. They were a 6.5-point favorite. But you want to talk about over-underline moves, you got it. It opened 51.5, and at that number, I, I dove in and grabbed a piece of the under. I thought that number was way too high, and so did a lot of people who wager on over-unders because it's dropped a full six points. The last time I looked, wow. it's at four, 45 and a half. It's dropped six points. If you got in at any sort of a number of 50 or higher, good for you. 
I don't know what sort of value we have at 45 and a half, but we'll see. You know, uh, you know, football is much more interesting when these two programs are simultaneously relevant. And when the game carries high, high stakes, that's not been the case for a long, long time. But it uh, certainly means that football is really damn interesting this week. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, I may rate the intensity of this game as high as 11, that's for sure. <laughs> it's been a surprisingly high-scoring series. You know, each of the last three meetings have gone over the total between these two teams. 55 and a half points, excuse me, 55 points, 70 points, and 83 points in the last three meetings. And in fact, four out of the last five in this series have gone over the total. So that is a little bit of a surprise based on the point spread and the current over underline. The anticipated final score is Ohio State 26, Michigan 19 and a half to 20 points on the season. Despite this great defense, the Michigan comes in at a surprising seven and four over under the average line, 52 and a half average score, 53.1. The average Michigan game has gone over, but by only uh, less than a full point. In fact, Buckeyes, meanwhile, come in five and six over under on the season average line, 57.4 average score, 56.8. So a very slight under pattern for Ohio State. What I noticed in regards to Michigan is in the games this season in which the over-under line was over 52 points, they've gone a perfect 6-0 and to the over. But when the over-under line in Michigan games was 52 or less points, they've gone 1-4. and four. That's 1 over and 4 under. So in those games that are, were expected to be defensive battles, lower scoring battles, they indeed have gone under it at 80% clip for the Michigan Wolverines. And again, if you like defense in this game, you have certainly got it. Michigan comes in number one overall defense. They only allow 246 per game. Number one in scoring defense. They're allowing just under 11 points per game this season for the great uh, Michigan defense. And of course, they've had some issues on offense in the last couple of weeks as well. We'll see what happens this week, uh, who will be at quarterback for the Wolverines. Buckeyes on the, on the uh, other side have a great defense of their own as well, also ranked in the top four, like their counterparts, number four in overall defense at 280 yards per game. And, of course, number four in scoring defense, allowing only 13 yards per game. So, I'm thinking uh, fairly low here. You know, with everything at stake here, I would not be surprised if both coaches are going to empty the playbook and maybe throw some new wrinkles at each other. But considering the defensive talent in place, a low-scoring game, of course, is anticipated. It could come down to one or two plays. Who knows? So small things like special teams or turnovers could very well play a, a huge role in the outcome. I would not be surprised if you saw Michigan defense stacking the box on JT Barrett and kind of forcing the Buckeyes to win this one through the air. And a similar game plan could very well be in place for Ohio State as there's still plenty of mystery surrounding the Wolverines quarterback situation and their passing attack. Of course, at a line of 50 or more, I love the under, definitely. We're down to 45 and a half. The margin for error is very, very thin right now. I still think there's a little bit of value. I see a 20 to 17 score here. I don't know which team's going to come on top, but somewhere around 20 to 17. But, you know, Mark, like last week's Florida-LSU game, 
I'm going to be playing a underdog and under teaser. That could be the best way to enjoy this game uh, at Saturday at 12 noon, a Michigan plus 12 and a half and perhaps under 51 and a half teaser leaning under in the game at the line of 45 and a half. But I much prefer that under and underdog teaser when the Buckeyes take on the Wolverines. Victor likes the cushion with the teaser to go under the total in this Ohio State-Michigan football matchup, along with the dog for that two-team teaser as well. As he mentions, they're the number one defense in the country. The Michigan Wolverines come in, having held nine of their 11 opponents to either season-low or second-low yardage marks this year. Head and shoulders, the best defense in college football this season here. Right with them, though, is the Ohio State Buckeyes. They've held seven of their 11 opponents, either season high or second lows. So defense seems to be obviously the key catchword in this football contest. As Victor also mentioned, quarterback Wilton Spite is practicing this week with Michigan, and that's a big, big boost for the Wolverines if he's behind center because they struggle with John O'Corn, their backup quarterback, who, by the way, was their starter last football season, and he may end up having to start this football game for Michigan. But if he, if Wilson Spite works out, things work out well, and we see him behind center, it'll be a huge physical and an emotional charge for the Wolverines in this contest here. When Jim Harbaugh was hired as the head coach at Michigan, he vowed, to end a three-year losing streak to the Ohio State Buckeyes. This is the biggest rivalry in college football. We're from the Midwest, Victor and I. We're from Ohio, so we understand the importance of rivalry football games. And, you know, it's arguable that there's other bigger, better rivalries on tap. Alabama-Auburn this particular weekend uh, is going the Cal-Stanford game on the West Coast. But we do know the importance of the Michigan-Ohio State football games. Going back to our days with Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler, and their dislike, their tremendous dislike, respect for one another, but disliked as head coaches uh, in this in this series here. And when Harbaugh was hired here, Michigan had taken three losses in a row on the chops against the Ohio State Buckeyes, and enough was enough as far as Michigan was concerned. He vowed to right that situation. Last year, in his first game with Michigan, the Wolverines suffered their worst conference home loss in 67 years when the Buckeyes went into Ann Arbor and annihilated Michigan. So you can rest assured that doesn't sit well with Harbaugh and everybody up at Michigan. So they have a chance now to amend that loss when they go to the horseshoe on Saturday. The Buckeyes were a young football team to begin this football season here, but boy, they've matured and they've matured through experience on the playing field. And I say that because if you take a look at their offensive line this season, They've had the same five starters every game all season long have the Buckeyes. That goes a long, long way towards continuity and success of a football team. That's the reason this young, talented Ohio State football team is playing like a veteran team. This offensive line together every game this season. The defensive line, the same thing. Only one start has been missed by the defensive line the entire season here. So a a ton of cohesiveness on both sides of the line for the Ohio State Buckeyes here. I went into the midweek alert this week and looked at the six common opponents that these two football teams have played this year, and there have been six of them. And this is the breakdown, the report card of those six common opponents. The Buckeyes went 5-1 and one on the scoreboard, 2-4 and four against the spread in those games, and they outstated four of those six teams by an average of 184 yards per game. Michigan went 6-0. and oh straight up on the scoreboard, three and three of the spread in those games. They outstatted all six opponents and won those stats by an average of 228 yards. 
in those particular football games. So a common opponent edge to the Michigan Wolverines in this game. I'm going to lean to Michigan in this contest for one major reason here. I know the uh, how strong Ohio State is, Urban Meyer at home. All the good numbers are there for the Buckeyes. But you've got the caveat for Michigan in this football contest here where if they win this game, they're in the Big Ten title championship game. Ohio State wins this game. They're on the outside looking in. All they can do is hope that the college football poll committee keeps them in the top four. Would they do it? Likely so with the win over Michigan. But Michigan can control their destiny by winning this game, going into the Big Ten title championship game, and then securing their spot in the playoffs. I'll take the points with Michigan for my side in this big rivalry showdown between the Buckeyes and the Wolverines this Saturday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't go away when Victor and I come back this Thanksgiving weekend football card. We'll shift over to the National Football League side of things. We'll share with you our NFL Game of the Week and also hop out to Las Vegas and join with our good friend Andy Isco for the Vegas Vibe in Vegas. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Think you know sports? Let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game. Now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app, FireFan. Get in the game now with a free download at FireFan.com. Use the promo code PlaybookKing. It's fun. It's social. It's competitive. It's interactive. It's free. And it's going to change the way you approach game day at FireFan.com. Play by yourself. Form a league. Do live chats. And get in the game today at FireFan.com. Get a free download now by entering the code PlaybookKing. That code again is PlaybookKing. And join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code PlaybookKing. Now at FireFan.com. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King. As we go against the spread of this holiday weekend, time for our National Football League Game of the Week, a beauty from the AFC West, when the Denver Broncos play host to the Kansas City Chiefs. Victor, your take on the Broncos and Chiefs this Sunday. You know, Mark, first a comment. Uh, NBC flexed this game, of course, in the last five or six weeks of the season, the Sunday night game, the folks at NBC can basically have their pick of whatever game they want. And I'm still pretty shocked that they scratched the New England Patriots. The Patriots wow. and the Jets were the scheduled Sunday night, 830 Eastern game. 
And one would think that if they want some television ratings, that a New York market and a pretty popular Boston market or uh, Northeastern market would rather have that game. But uh, NBC made their move. I understand they probably did it uh, because we're talking about two seven and three teams squaring off on Sunday night. But I am still a little bit surprised that they flexed to this game when their original choice was doing it against the New York Jets. But on to the game. Denver, about a field goal favorite, three to three and a half points. The over-under line is on the low side. This is one of the lower over-under lines of the season. In fact, let me see here. It opened at uh, 40 and a half. It's dropped a full point. It's down to 39 and a half. It's been a low-scoring series, that's for sure, between these two teams. The last 11 meetings have gone uh, two overs, seven unders, two ties, and the last five meetings played in the Mile High City have gone zero overs, three unders, two ties. The average over-under line in Denver, 43.5 points. The average score, only 35.6 combined points per game. So in Denver, the average game between these two has gone under by a full touchdown by 7.8 points per game. It's been a low-scoring series, of course. Denver does come off their bye week. They've gone one and four over under when playing off their bye. They've also gone one and four to the under in their last five as division home favorites of seven or less. And on the flip side, Kansas City has gone 0 and three the last three times they play a team that's coming in off their bye. And they've also gone one and eight over under as division road dogs of 15 or less points. With that said, there's a couple of systems in our database that potentially suggest perhaps even a higher scoring game than people think. The number one thing or the number one query aspect that jumped out of me was, again, the low over-under line. And here in the last five years, uh, this comes 75% over the total, 12-4-1. It's game 13 or less in the NFL season, division games in which the host is favored, and the over-under line is less than 40 points. So 75% over, actually, in these type of games. And uh, one more thing, division home favorites of less than 10 points playing after their bye week have actually gone a perfect 8-0-1 since the 2013 season. So many of the trends, uh, many of the series historical patterns figure on a low-scoring game here. However, some database systems suggest perhaps a higher-scoring game here. So I'm torn right now. But what I am going to do, Mark, is that uh, we're going to probably do the same thing that we're doing in the college football game. And again, uh, increasing our odds a little bit here by playing an underdog and under-teaser. Taking Kansas City from 3.5 all the way up to plus 9.5, the underdog. And taking that over-under line from 39 and a half up to 45 and a half and playing a dog and the under teaser. Now, of course, this is our five-star NFL game of the month weekend. And I'm anticipating by this time of the day, we've hit the five-star plane. We don't want to give too much back. So I'll be going again with an under underdog teaser as Denver takes on Kansas city in that surprising NBC flex game on Sunday night. Victor King, another underdog and dog teaser play in the Denver, Kansas city Showdown football game Sunday night. The game flexed and moved to Sunday night on NBC TV. A big showdown game, as Victor mentions here. Both teams come in 7-3, and three, trailing 
First place, Oakland by one game in the division. Surprisingly, the first place, Oakland Raiders at 8-2 and two this football season here. Kansas City's won 17 of the last 20 regular season games straight up on the scoreboard. Very quietly getting the job done are the Kansas City Chiefs here of late in the regular season. The big concern, however, is the fact that if you look inside the stats of Kansas City, their last five football games, they've been outyarded four of those five contests. The biggest factor I think they have working in their favor is on the sidelines. Andy Reid, their head coach, has been masterful in games on the road in the National Football League as a head coach, especially in division games, where he's 36-16 and 16 to the spread on the division road. The Denver Broncos come in. Their numbers are down this year from what they were in their Super Bowl winning season last year. And that's almost always the case for Super Bowl teams. It's very, very difficult to sustain and play at the same level after winning a Super Bowl the following year. Denver allowing 31 yards per game, or I should say being outstated their net stats, 31 yards per game down from last football season here. They've also been outyarded themselves in each of their last three football games. That makes them a leaking oil favorite by our uh, by our nomenclature. Teams who are been outyarded in their last three football games and go favorite. We call those leaking oil favorites. We like to play against those kind of guys. Denver's been a real strong play when playing off a bye week. You take a look inside of them off a bye. How about 23 and 6 straight up into the spread in games off a bye, including 7-0. and both ways the last seven years. But the bottom line to me is Andy Reid, once again in this contest, I pointed out his 36-16 and 16 spread mark in his career on the division road. You go inside that record, and when he's off a loss, he's 17-4 and four to the spread. So his football teams rarely play poorly two games in a row, especially on the division road when off a loss. I'll grab the points with the Kansas City Chiefs on my side in this Sunday night football showdown in this big AFC West battle. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show on this Thanksgiving week, festive week of football. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas and join in with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, first of all. And I hope everything's set for you in that big turkey and pumpkin pie platter come Thanksgiving Day. Well, thank you, Mark, and of course, a happy Thanksgiving to you and yours and all of our listeners, Victor, etc., and hopefully it'll be a good weekend both on and off the football field and uh, getting set for a good holiday weekend, one of the best weekends of the year, especially when you combine it with all the great teams being played uh, in uh, college basketball tournaments throughout the country over the past few days and over the next few days, so it's a great time of year, and I seem to say that every week because there's just so much to choose from. Well, Andy, I know you, like me, I know you're burning the midnight oil right now with all these sports going on uh, together at the same time, college football, the NFL, college basketball, NBA. And that's not to discount the fact that I'm a hockey fan. And, you know, I don't handicap the sport, but I love it as a fan to be able to watch the game. So it does keep me up quite late at nights. I enjoy uh, doing my work along with Scott Van Pelt, watching him do the bad beat segment <laughs> every every night on ESPN and uh, kind of gets my attention focused a little bit more on what's going on in the world of sports. And I guess Vegas might be a little bit abuzz here too, Andy, aside from the fact that they now have an official name for their NHL franchise, the Golden Knights, the new hockey team. I would think Thanksgiving week is probably a real busy week for the sports books in Las Vegas, especially with the attractiveness of Thanksgiving Day games as well. Would I be correct? You'd be absolutely correct. In fact, uh, things get underway very early with some of these tournaments that were played the last few days in college basketball with games starting at 
early as 8.30 and 9 a.m. Pacific time and going deep into the evening. And then, of course, you add the football, not just on Thanksgiving Day. And we've got a college game, of course, in college football as well on Thursday uh, afternoon, evening out here. And then you've got a pretty attractive schedule of about a dozen or so college games throughout the day on Friday. And then, of course, the last big full weekend of college football. In fact, if I recall correctly, 122 of the 128 uh, FBS teams are in action at some point this week, beginning with the three MAC games last night. Yeah, with that, as, as an expansive card in college football, we talked about that a little bit earlier on in the show. It's the fact it's the largest size-wise quantity card in college football this week, boiling down in the final week of the football season. And Andy, one question I want to ask you before I get over to the Superbook contest side of things here. It's Thanksgiving Thursday, you're in Las Vegas, and you go to a sports book. With it being the Thanksgiving festivities with family and friends, usually uniting at houses and sharing dinners and turkey and everything and so forth and whatnot, are the sports books crowded on Thanksgiving Thursdays uh, with the attraction of the NFL football games, or is it basically everybody at home doing their work and uh, watching the games at home? There's still crowds at some of the sports books, but nothing that approaches what we see on a regular Saturday or NFL Sunday during the course of the season outside of, say, Thanksgiving and Christmas weekends. Uh, those are, are fairly light times because, as you mentioned, a lot of people are uh, entertaining uh, friends and family who have come in from out of town. Others uh, themselves take the long weekend to get away uh, for a little bit, uh, taking care of making their plays, say, Tuesday and Wednesday before the weekend and going out and uh, traveling uh, with friends. So it's a much quieter atmosphere. It does get a little bit more hectic later in the afternoon and uh, towards the evening after everyone finishes their Thanksgiving dinner around 3 or 4 o'clock. And then, of course, you've got the late NFL games uh, on Thanksgiving, the college game tomorrow night as well. So you'll see a little bit more of a crowd later in the day. But for the most part, during the hours of, let's say, what's going to be the 9.30 a.m. Pacific kickoff to, say, about uh, 4 o'clock, it's uh, relatively quiet compared to other uh, other uh, full Sundays of NFL action. So if you're a football fan and you're eating turkey sandwiches, you're probably in a sports book on Thanksgiving in Las Vegas. If you're having pumpkin pie, mashed potatoes and gravy and uh, whipped cream on your pumpkin pie, you're probably sitting at home and watching the football games. But the bottom line is you're watching football games. <laughs> and that's what it's all about for us here on Thanksgiving Thursday when it comes to the National Football League. Andy, on the uh, Superbook contest side of things, I know it's been a choppy season thus far this year for the contestants in the Superbook contest, and you hit a great point last week uh, with the fact that the that they did a takeout on the uh, on the entry fees, and it probably diminished some of the uh, uh, the sharp players getting into the contest. There, the results have been down. How did we fare last week? Was it a good week or a bad week in the contest overall? Overall, it was a very good week. In fact, the consensus, and I hate to say this, uh, this good week is three and two, being considered a very good week. But uh, last week, the consensus. Uh, had a loser with the Titans, a winner with the Buccaneers, a winner with the Vikings, a loser with the Ravens, and the Miami Dolphins with that late comeback was a winner to produce the 3-2 and two weekend. For the year, the consensus plays still barely 33%, 18-35-2 18, The um, uh, favorite teams last week, the, the favorites that were preferred by the contestants were 5-0-1. The underdogs that received the action were four and three, and there was one game that was a uh, pick'em. And in that pick'em game, the uh, contestants had the right side. That was the Vikings over the Cardinals. Of course, that was a pick that uh, may have largely been influenced by the fact that the actual line by midweek had actually, or by late week, had gone up to Minnesota two-point favorite. So the value players were playing. Uh, the uh, the uh, Minnesota Vikings instead of having a late two as a pick'em. Uh, there is a, a new leader atop the leaderboard 
who went 5-0 and last week to uh, lead the contest at 37-18. and That's 37 uh, points out of a possible 55. He's only got a half-point lead, though, over four other contestants with five contestants of, of a half-point further back with 36 points. You've got a total of 50 contestants, which is exactly the number that would cash this year within three points of the lead, including the 21 who are at 34 points. And they are half point ahead of 19 others who are just out of cashing. I did want to take a moment. I don't know if you and, and uh, Victor had mentioned this as far as the unusual aspect to last week's weekend in the NFL. And that is if you played teasers last week of the 28 teams involved uh, in action, 24 of them were successful in uh, six-point teasers. The only wow. teams not to cover in a teaser last week, Kansas City with their outright loss to Tampa Bay, Green Bay getting buried by Washington, and the two other teams that failed to cover barely failed to cover. Cincinnati laying two and a half, lost by four, so they missed by a half point in their loss to Buffalo. And the Cleveland Browns, they were getting plus eight, so they needed to uh, cover by four. They needed to lose by 14 or less to at least push, and they lost by 15. So I don't know if we've ever seen that before mm. in the NFL, but I think it's also a uh, fact, a uh, function of some relatively lower lines this year uh, consistently throughout the season. Yeah, we haven't seen as many big, big spread lines in the National Football League. And as you say, the culmination may have came last Saturday with uh, a teaser heaven of winners, if you will, for players. And I'm sure those same players will be out in droves again this week looking for a little bit more of the same. Uh, Andy, with regard to the contest here and talking about lines, uh, any major moves that you saw from the send-out that Jay Cornegay sent out last week for the contest lines as opposed to what they are on the street this week as I talk with you today? Actually, this has probably been the quietest week as far as any significant or notable line movement from what was posted last week and then taken down and put up. And that may be a factor of the uh, or function related to the factors that as we get deeper and deeper into the season, there's less of a reaction and less of a need to react to the previous week's games. We pretty much have a, an idea of the true pecking order of teams. You don't have that in the first month of the season. So as a result, weeks two, three, four, you may make larger adjustments based upon how these teams are playing compared to how we thought these teams would perform. You don't have that as much later in the season. In fact, just looking at the numbers here, aside from the games that uh, were influenced by injury, and even then, for example, the Pittsburgh game, which was three points last week, opened up a three-point favorite in Indianapolis before the news came out about Andrew Luck. Of course, that's gone up to about eight and a half points uh, as well. Uh, the Chicago game against Tennessee. Tennessee had been a one-point road favorite. When the line came back up, it was Pickham. And then with the news about Jay Cutler, Tennessee came back up as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. And maybe a slightly less uh, uh, impact due to injury because the injuries were known during the game, and that is when Cincinnati lost their running back and wide receiver, A.J. Green and Giovanni Bernard. Uh, they uh, caused an adjustment in the line. Uh, actually, Baltimore had been a one-and-a-half-point uh, favorite last week when they came back on the board after those injuries and the extent was uh, pretty well known for those injuries to Cincinnati. Baltimore came back as a three-point uh, home favorite, but it's worth noting that the public didn't think that was enough of an adjustment as that line has been bet up from three to four and four and a half for the uh, Ravens. The other two games that uh, bear a little bit of mentioning, the Atlanta Falcons who had their bye host Arizona off of that loss in which they did not play well at Minnesota. Last week, Atlanta had been made a three-point home favorite in this contest when the game came back up Sunday afternoon. Atlanta was a four-point home favorite. And then Carolina and the uh, Oakland Raiders play this week. 
the uh, Carolina Panthers off of uh, the extra rest, having uh, beaten New Orleans last Thursday night. And, of course, Oakland uh, somewhat fortunate in their Monday night win at Mexico City. Last week, the Raiders were three-and-a-half-point home favorites when the game came back up on the boards on Sunday night. So this is before Oakland played, but after Carolina played Thursday, the Raiders had already been moved up to a four and a half point home favorite. And that's pretty much where that sits right now. Although it has gone back to three and a half in most places. And by the way, I will put in one note the Dallas Cowboys continue to get the number, a slight adjustment last week. They were six and a half and they've been bet up or excuse me. When the line came back up on Sunday, the sports books only put it up at seven as opposed to perhaps seven and a half, knowing that they're going to continue to get a tremendous amount of Cowboy money. Maybe they were reacting a little bit to the fact that although Dallas has been playing extremely well, the Washington Redskins have been almost as have played as well since about week three of the season, losing that uh, game to Dallas in week two. So a little bit surprised that that line was not adjusted over the touchdown. And maybe that's also a little bit of fear that the wise guys would come in and scoop up the seven and a half immediately as it showed up. So we'll see if we see that kind of action heading up to game time Thursday night, Thursday afternoon. A quick recap of the line moves in tap this week on the National Football League side of things. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy publishes one of the finest football newsletters in the nation. I encourage you to download a copy today. Go to TheLogicalApproach.com to get your hands on Andy's Logical Approach newsletter, or you can pick up a copy in the PlaybookSuperstore.com website as well. And Victor, I know you want to run a question by Andy on the show this week as well. Right. You know, Andy mentioned how it was a uh, really, really good Sunday for NFL teaser players and good for them. But there was some other weird aspects about Sunday as well. You know, throughout the course of the day, we get some of the tweets from our, uh, you know, buddies out in Vegas, uh, Jay Cornegay from the Westgate. And of course, during the day, they mentioned the fact that, well, you know, it's going to be a rough day. Favorites are hitting pretty good in the NFL. Uh, Many of the public favorites did well and covered the spread. The Patriots, the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Seattle Seahawks. So a good day for favorites overall in the NFL. But I'm a totals guy, Andy. At one point, I was shocked at the over-under outcome. In the first 12 games of the weekend, there was only one over and 11 unders. The one game that did go over was in an unlikely game, Arizona-Minnesota. Now, I know that uh, on the Sunday night game and the Monday night game, the overs did hit in those two particular games. It ended up still 3-11 and 11 overall in the NFL in regards to over-unders, the lowest scoring week of the season. My question, Andy, is what's a better day, generally speaking, for the sports books? A day in which underdogs hit at a high percentage, maybe some outright underdog wins, or a day in which unders hit at a high percentage? The books will generally do better when the unders come in as they did this past weekend. You mentioned three overs and 11 unders after considering the results of Sunday and Monday night. But when those Sunday and Monday night games go over because of the volume uh, that is wagered on those games compared to the games played earlier in the day, uh, the uh, profits that they may have gotten from the unders coming in earlier may have been uh, greatly uh, reduced as a result of those two key games. Now, when you have favorite and over as you had Monday night, with Oakland uh, as a six and a half point favorite winning by seven and the game 
barely going over the closing number of 46. Uh, that was not a good situation for the books, uh, who uh, really uh, did not have a very good weekend at all with all those favorites coming in. So I think the unders uh, tempered uh, some of those losses somewhat. In fact, even with those three overs and 11 unders last weekend, I'm still showing, according to the numbers that I chart, which is the closing number at the uh, Westgate for each game, 84 overs and 77 unders. In fact, I made a point of it in uh, the column I write in, in gaming today that uh, they were up, uh, I believe it was about 15 net uh, net overs for the year, and they gave back uh, well nine of them through Sunday night, and of course now eight of them through Monday. So uh, most of the advantage that overs it had was wiped out in one week. Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com talking about over-unders and underdogs in the world of the National Football League in Las Vegas. Andy, before I let you go, head off to put that turkey in the oven, get the baster ready, and get set for a big Thanksgiving Day jam-packed with football this Thursday. I know our listeners would like to know what your complimentary play on the show this week would be. I'm going to go to the game that was flexed out of the Sunday night spot, and understandably so, perhaps even deservedly so, and that's the uh, AFC East game between the New York Jets and the New England Patriots. The Patriots about a a 7.5 or an 8-point favorite in this game, and I'm looking at the New York Jets here. You know, there's little to suggest that the Jets would be competitive based upon their performance so far. They're three and seven. They made the uh, they made a nice run last year, finishing ten and six in Todd Bowles' first season. Uh, they did so largely because of a favorable schedule, and in fact, coming into the season, it was expected that the Jets would indeed struggle because the schedule over the first half of the season was extremely difficult, and that is exactly what unfolded. But the Jets have had success against the New England Patriots. In fact, they've covered their last six meetings with their. A- AFC East rivals winning twice, both in the role as underdog, including last year late in the season when they beat the New England Patriots in week 16, 26-20. That game was directed by Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has been cleared to play and has been named the starter this week for the uh, New York Jets. Uh, the Jets are off their bye, and I think that uh, that is an even bigger advantage in this situation because of the familiar familiarity factor that you uh, have in division games where you face a foe year after year, twice a year. Uh, there are no surprises generally that Belichick can have for uh, the New York Jets. Pat's li- uh, likely to be without Gronkowski, who contattle- continues to battle the uh, lung issues that sidelined him last week. Uh, I'm not going to expect the Jets to come out and win this game, although this is a game that they've pointed towards with their season basically over about a month ago. So if we're going to get a good effort out of the Jets, these are the conditions that set up for that that uh, that effort against their biggest rival off a bye. And there's plenty of room for them to be competitive in this game. Wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, New England win this game somewhere along the line of, say, 23-20-24-20-27-23. I think the Jets keep it a game, come up short on the scoreboard, but cash our tickets. Andy Isco, a lot of flexing going on in the NFL this week. He plays the New York Jets, plus the points against New England in the game that was flexed out from the Sunday night game for his complimentary play on the show this week. And once again, Andy, I'm going to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving weekend. I hope uh, not only are your, is your plate filled with a lot of good turkey and all the stuffings and the filling and everything that goes with it, but also winners as well. Best of luck to you this weekend, Andy. Enjoy the holiday. Thanks, guys. A great holiday weekend to you all. Look forward to our visit next week. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Don't go away when Dick and I come back. We're going to put the final wraps in this edition. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week. Complimentary place of myself and Victor as well when we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. 
The all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. There's a storm coming, a firestorm. Get ready to raise your game because watching sports will never be the same. Introducing FireFan, it's a game changer. Finally, a sports app that puts you into the game. You predict the scores, you call the plays all in real time while you watch and compete against celebrities, friends, family, and other diehard sports fans. The more you call it, the more points you can achieve. Be a loyal fan and earn loyalty rewards. Don't miss the hottest sports app of the year. FireFan, ignite your passion. Download your FireFan app today at FireFan.com. Enter player rewards code, free FireFan. That's player rewards code, free FireFan. Play the game, fan the fire, earn rewards. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our Thanksgiving Day weekend awesome angle of the week in college football this week. It's an oldie but goodie. We call it Lean on Me. And what we're looking to do is to play on any college football road dog. That's off back-to-back straight-up and point-spread losses. If they're a 17 returning starter team and they're taking on an opponent that's off back-to-back losses. All these factors together in this particular role find these teams 17-4 and four against the spread since 1990. That's an 81% winning angle. Our lean-on-me road dog this week will be the Charlotte Bobcats. That's Charlotte as our lean-on-me awesome angle play on the football card in college football this weekend. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what's going on this Thanksgiving Day weekend. I know Victor's got a big... 10-star play going on tap this particular weekend of a huge weekend as well. Victor, if you would, your complimentary play on the show and let others know what's going on with you at King Creel Sports. Can do, Mark. Definitely. Our biggest weekend of the season, our 10-star, 5-star weekend. 10-star college football game of the year. It's a totals play. It's a game going over the total. It'll be in Saturday's action and we'll have it posted on the playbook.com website today on Wednesday, uh, sometime this evening. Plenty of time to get your action in on that game. And then the next day, we got a five star NFL game of the month, also an over under selection, also a game going over the total. Two weeks ago, we had a five star uh, in the NFL, and that play was on the Seattle Seahawks, New England Patriots over the total in the Sunday night game. Of course, that one cashed, and then three weeks prior to that, we had a five-star over-under best bet in the NFL. That was a winner as well with the Raiders, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 
over the total. So that particular play on Sunday, the five-star over, it's already up on the website, and you can get in and check it out at playbook.com. Uh, also this week's totals tip sheet, playbook newsletter, midweek alert newsletter. Of course, all will be available and ready for download. The playbook and the totals tip sheet are already up there. The midweek will be posted a little later today on Wednesday. And the totals tip sheet gunning for four straight winning weekends in the month of November. Now, this is the season of giving thanks, and we're going to throw out two plays that we like, Mark. One under and one underdog. And the first play is the one of the games we like on Turkey Day. So if you have the fortune of listening to our podcast on Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday evening or even fairly early on Thursday, Turkey Day, we're going to be going under the total in the Minnesota Vikings-Detroit Lions game, the over-under line currently right around 42 points. And again, we're going to start Turkey Day by going low in the Motor City. Now, I know you may be a little gun-shy because Minnesota scored 30 points last week, but remember we touched on this at the top of the show they had a 100-yard kickoff return and a 100-yard interception return. So basically, Minnesota's offense last week only scored 16 points. And in fact, Minnesota's offense only had 217 total offensive yards. Still not a great offensive team. It's still a great defensive team, that's for sure. They allowed less than 300 yards against the Arizona Cardinals. And again, they'll be taking on the Detroit Lions this week. This is a series that's been low-scoring anyway. In fact, five out of the last six meetings in this Detroit-Minnesota series have indeed gone under the total with an average of only 34.0 combined points per game. Now, sharp NFL players who follow the stats, they already know that the Detroit Lions cannot run the ball. They're number 30 in the NFL in rushing offense on the season, only 79 yards per game on the ground. So that makes them extremely one-dimensional and predictable in this week's game against a great Minnesota defense that's ranked number two in scoring, allowing only 17.6 points per game, and number four in passing yards per game, allowing only 206. And, of course, that'll be key against a one-dimensional Detroit offense that figures to throw the ball a lot tomorrow. So, again, if you have the fortune of listening to our podcast anytime on Wednesday or Thursday morning, Let's go low in the Minnesota-Detroit game. And a second game that uh, I like a, a lot, Mark, this week is a underdog in the NFL, and that's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they're at home hosting Seattle this week. And, Mark, as you mentioned in the Playbook newsletter, it's a tricky coast-to-coast-to-coast trek for the Seahawks this week. It's an uncompromising situation. They've got playoff revenge next week, and they could very well look past this game. They're already favored by five and a half to six points on the road against a Tampa Bay team that's on a roll. They're five and five on the season. They're only one game out of first base. Place, excuse me. Two big wins in a row, and you can't say enough about last week's victory against the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, Tampa had 442 yards of offense in that game against the NFL's number five scoring defense in Kansas City last week. A big win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they keep it close. And the clincher for me is, we talked about this last week, Mark, the fact that NFL underdogs playing with the confidence of back-to-back wins have done very, very well this season. In fact, here are the numbers from the database. 11-1-1 one, one this year. 
NFL underdogs playing off back-to-back wins. If the last win was against a non-division opponent, which applies to Tampa Bay this week, and in fact, our little tightener is these guy games have gone a perfect eight and zero when playing a non-division opponent. So grab the points with Tampa Bay, go low in the Motor City, and don't forget to join us for our Big Ten Star Five Star Weekend. Victor King, King Creole Sports, likes the Tampa Bay Bucks for a side in the National Football League game Sunday. He's going under the total on the Thanksgiving Day showdown game between Minnesota and Detroit in the key NFC Thanksgiving Day game as well. Before I get to my complimentary play on the football card this week, a quick note from our friends at mybookie.com. They're in a Thanksgiving Day mood this weekend as well. You can get up to a $3,000 bonus at mybookie.com. All you need to do to sign up for up to a $3,000 bonus at mybookie is call them toll-free at 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387 or log on at mybookie.ag to get your up to a $3,000 bonus just in time for the Thanksgiving Day weekend games this week. Also, a quick note that the Fire Fan app that you've heard a lot about on the show here in the past month or so will be launching this Thanksgiving week. If you want to get your free download of the free Fire Fan app and special rewards for doing just that, log on to firefan.com and use the promo code FREEFIREFAN. That's FREEFIREFAN at firefan.com to get your free app and a special promo bonus when you do so just in time for the football games this weekend. Also a quick note that my five-star turkey shoot goes this week. It'll feature another of our five-star college football game of the month plays. We're on our major winning run with our five-star college football game of the month plays. 67 and 30 documented since 1992 and all this year. Included is our five-star college football game of the month. All college and NFL games from Thanksgiving Thursday through Monday night for just $99 complete. After a rough weekend with our 10-star weekend this weekend, we will bounce back in a big fashion this week. Sign on today at playbook.com or call me toll-free for the five-star turkey shoot week at 1-800-321-7777. My complimentary play on the college football card this week is on SMU in college football. And it comes from the smart box in this week's playbook football newsletter. As we note in the smart box this week, there are a total of 15 teams in college football playing this week that have five wins on the season. They need a sixth win to become bowl eligible. You can look for big efforts from these five win teams this week. SMU being one of those five win teams playing with big time revenge from a 41-point loss suffered last year against Navy. Navy comes into the game. They will oblige this week. They clinched the AAC West Division last week, so they're in the AAC title game next week. Navy just 1-6 to the spread when favored in game before taking on Army. A great spot for SMU plus the points this week for my complimentary play on the football show this week. And once again, I want to wish all of our listeners out there a very happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the holiday weekend with family and friends this week. I hope you enjoyed that and the games this week. For Victor King from King Creole Sports, Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, we know is listening from above. Until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.